Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to make a quick note of how excited I am about wrestling right now. With uh, the most recent, or I guess I shouldn't say most recent, with uh, you know a few dynamites ago, being back with live fans, having the ROH Best in the World pay-per-view with fans, and Impact Slammiversary and Money in the Bank around the corner, fans going to be there. WWE getting out of the Thunderdome, getting back in front of fans. It is so exciting, and I mean, to me it just means that we are one step closer to having live local shows in Winnipeg. I mean, I know Canadian Wrestling Elite, they they just finished a few dates out west, and I know they're headed back out there. Um, so that is that is incredible for them. But I know just having local shows again, I cannot wait. So with that being said, today's episode, I have another very special guest. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be joined by Davey O'Doyle. Now, Davey O'Doyle, he's wrestled for Prairie Pro Wrestling. He's wrestled uh, High Impact Wrestling. Uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite, uh, PCW, you know, those last two in Winnipeg. Some of you may be familiar with them. Now, Davey, he's very well-spoken. He has a great mind for wrestling, and he's someone who just really wants to learn and take in as much as he can. And it was really great talking to him and getting to know more about him. So, I mean, let's just jump right into that. Joining me today, Davey O'Doyle. Joining me today, I have a very special guest. I am joined by the one and only Davey O'Doyle. Davey, how's it going today? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, you know what? I'm doing all right. You know, getting past the little audio issues and hopefully it's smooth. Minor sailing. technical difficulty we have there. <laughs> Just getting a little frustrated, you know? Yeah. So. so let's jump right into things today. What were your first memories of wrestling before, like when you were a fan growing up? Um, so like, I have like really specific, like little memories that I guess when I piece together, I can like trace them back to how I actually got into it. Cause like, I remember my family didn't travel much, but I remember being at a hotel once. So I, like, I remember that. And mm-hmm. there was a commercial for like the pay-per-view just in the hotel room. And it was WrestleMania 21. And I think that's probably honestly my earliest memory. And it was like, uh, it was a commercial for Randy Orton and the undertaker that year. And I remember thinking like, Hey man, like that looks really cool, but obviously I'm not going to get pay-per-view in a hotel. So I just kind of (laughs) ignored that. And then I remember, I remember going to like Walmart with my parents one time and there was like Chris Masters and Triple H action figures and stuff. So I bought those. I didn't really know what it was still, but I just bought them kind of thing. Cause I had like, whatever I, for some reason I had money at that point. I don't know how, but I did. Mm -hmm. And then I started kind of watching wrestling. And then when I started watching wrestling, obviously it's one of those things that like, it just kicks in. And like, I loved it. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like, as soon as you started watching it, then you take in as much as you can. Like you see the magazines and just everything that's out there with it. So yeah, especially, especially for me, it's just like, it went into like a real hard obsession. It wasn't just like a light watch. 
It was like every <laughs> month, all the money I have now, or like you said, DVDs, the magazines, the action figures, right? I went all in, right? I think, uh, you know what? I was in the same boat when I was younger because like I was buying like four or five magazines a month, you know, like paychecks are just going towards like wrestling stuff. Right. So now that was your first memories, but when you decided to become a wrestler, what was it that made you decide to get into it? Um, like I, I can honestly say it was definitely, it was just the obsession I had with it at that point. When I started thinking about going into wrestling, I was in 12th grade mm-hmm. when I really seriously started considering it. And I know for a long time in my younger years, I thought like, that's what I would love to do is do that. But as you get older, you kind of like in high school, I got other priorities and stuff, football and that kind of thing. And then once football kind of wrapped up, I feel like I wasn't done being physical. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there's only so much you can get from going to the gym. And I knew how much I loved it. And I knew that I had a certain, certain capability of athletic ability. Right. Mm-hmm. So I figured like, there's no better point than now to like actually try it. And even if it doesn't work, like at least you won't regret that you never tried it. Right. No, for sure. Now, I mean, I was going to get into like fitness and stuff like that a little bit later on. Like I, I just finished watching your match with um, Michael Allen, Richard Clark earlier. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, if people haven't seen you wrestle yet, like you are a solid, solid dude. Right. So like you mentioned playing football earlier, were you always like a solid guy or? Was- uh, yeah. Like, I guess <laughs> the categorization for that was like Husky. Like I was a big kid right from the start. Yeah. And I hit my growth spurts way earlier than most kids did, right? So, I mean, like, I hit a growth spurt in, like, grade, like, six, and then in, like, grade eight. And then probably my last one for, like, height-wise was probably, like, grade, like, nine, Mm -hmm. pretty much. So, I mean, like, I've always been a bigger kid. And then, obviously, everybody catches up and you kind of peter out for your height and stuff. But I found that when I started seriously working out, it was kind of, like, grade 11. Mm -hmm. And then when you're that age and you're, like, and you start lifting, your body responds so well to it, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. just easy to get the size after that and i mean you're still hitting the gym quite regularly i oh, take yeah. it I, yeah. now what kind of routine are you doing there now like do you are you watching what you're eating as well or is it just basically going hog wild in the gym and hoping for uh, the best um so it's kind of the thing at one point i was doing that i'd say like in my very first when i was training for wrestling and starting wrestling i was just eating whatever i wanted a lot and then lifting heavy right mm-hmm and I would say my priority has changed in that sense. I'd say I'm like, I'm smarter how I train. It's not just like, oh, arms, legs, back, whatever. It's a lot more like combination. It's a lot more compound power lifts. I do a little bit of CrossFit, like hit style cardio at the end, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. A lot smarter training. And then diet-wise, I'm not terribly strict. I give myself a little bit of leeway, but just as long as you don't go overboard, right? Moderation for everything. Definitely. And I know like myself, like for a little while I was doing like, you know, counting macros and stuff like that. And it's, it's one of those things, like if you're dedicated to it, it can work, but so much with fitness and even eating, there's the, uh, like the mental aspect to it, you know, because like, if you're trying to lose weight, you always see that number decrease and like, you're always stoked about that. But at what point do you realize like you're doing good and you know, like, I think for, for me in wrestling, especially there's a point where aesthetically you, if you have pride in what you do, you want to look good. Mm-hmm. And like, and I have a lot of pride in trying to look, I want to look good. I want to look like an athlete. I want to look like a wrestler, but there's a point where 
you get too big and you lose your mobility, you lose your athletic ability, right? So it's finding a size where you look big, you look presentable, but you still have the same athletic ability and letting your body get to that point. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. So when you first got into, you know, you decided you wanted to become a wrestler, where was it that you got trained? (laughs) So I got trained in Regina at, uh, it was at the time it was called the HAW Academy, but it was like basically a ring set up at the promoter's house. And some of the veteran guys were there and they just taught you to wrestle. Like I can honestly, thankfully say like the training I got there was good. Mm-hmm. And from the traveling I've done with wrestling, I've seen there's guys who got a, who are a lot worse, who got trained at better schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Even this was just a little, whatever, like training school, like Bucky McGraw and Rockstar, Justin Pochette, they, they trained me right. And they trained me good. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for that, even if it wasn't the most luxurious professional experience, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, sometimes it's those things where it's more the the people who are showing you, you know, right. they're, they're the teachers and everything, instead right. of like, you could have a, you know, the fanciest facility, but if you're learning from guys who don't know what they're doing, then it's all for naught. Right, then you're not going to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now you did wrestle for high impact wrestling. They're no longer around? No. No. And then you've also wrestled for Prairie Pro Wrestling, correct? Right. Yep. In Saskatoon. Yep. So what was it like wrestling for those two promotions for someone who might not be familiar with them? Um, high impact wrestling basically is just if you if you go to Prairie Pro Wrestling or maybe if you go to CWE shows when they come through or ringside, I'd say very generally it's the same kind of feeling. Mm hmm. But for me, high, high Impact has a special place in my heart because it was where I got my start, right? Mm-hmm. It's where I got my start. It's where I got my training. It's where, you know, you set up and tear down the ring before you're even an actual, like, recognized wrestler. You know what I mean? It just had a special place for me and mm-hmm. it had a special place for a lot of the guys, a lot of memories. And I guess to transition that a little bit into, like, CWE now, I'm glad that with CWE taking over some of that, I don't know, some of those bookings, I guess, some of that, that memory, I guess, that they still have the memory of HIW there and that, like, uh, like right now, I'm the CWE Central Canadian champion, right? And that's mm-hmm. the same championship belt that HIW had. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm glad that I can at least represent that legacy in some way. Oh, for sure. Um, now, I was, uh, I know you have tweeted it out, and I was fortunate enough to watch it earlier that, uh, the clandestine society. Yeah. You just had a match with Michael Allen, Richard Clark on there. Right. And yeah. I mean, you delivered one of the solidest shoulder blocks that I think I've ever seen in wrestling. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, what it's all about and uh, who's a part of it. So the clandestine society is a lot of the guys from Alberta and Prairie Pro Wrestling Alliance is where I wrestle there. But it's, it's just a group of guys. We kind of cut the cut the middleman out, cut the promoter out of the middle of it just to run the show the way we wanted to. You know what I mean? Our mm-hmm. matches, our way. Uh, thankfully, we got heavy metal in the top talent training facility there in Edmonton. And you know what I mean? We just, we just go wild and try to tell the best stories we can, put the best matches on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how often are uh, episodes coming out for that? Uh, I don't know if the, the official timetable, I'm not really in the know of like the, the higher up decision-making, mm-hmm. but I, I'm thinking, I think they're trying to do one a month, I think maybe. Okay. And I mean, 
the one I watched, it was, uh, I think it was the first one or the second one. I can't remember, but it was about an hour and a half long. Right. And I mean, there were some solid matches on there. Right. Um, I know advertised for an upcoming one was Sean Moore, who you're familiar with, correct? Yeah. <laughs> probably my, probably my best friend in the world. actually. Yeah. Oh, talk about your relationship with him a little bit. Um, so Sean Moore was a guy who's an HIW and initially right out of the gate, we weren't like that close. You know what I mean? He's a little bit to himself sometimes if you're not in his circle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then as going on these road trips to Alberta and these road trips happened, being two of the guys that wanted to travel and wanted to keep going, getting out there and getting better. You know what I mean? Um, it just, we have all the same interests. We have the same views on a lot of things. You know what I mean? We're just two peas in a pod. And I'm so happy that me and Sean have become such good friends because it's, he's not only is he probably the best wrestler in Western Canada right now, one of the best unsigned guys I've ever seen probably in the world. Mm-hmm. And, but like when you have a guy like that who knows so much, that's so good. When you are talking with them, your mind stays so sharp. You can bounce ideas off of them. You can, it drives you to be better even just by being with them there. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And I mean, my first uh, experience seeing you wrestling was for uh, PCW where you wrestled David London. Right. And I think that, I don't know if Sean Moore was also on the same card, but I know that was my first experience was him wrestling for PCW as well. So I, I hope I get out some more PCW shows, man. Those are good shows. You know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of what they do. It's a very, it's a, a smaller venue, but the, you know, they've got a very dedicated fan base and uh, I, I'm a big fan of the family aspect there. You know, it seems like everyone there yeah. wants to better themselves. Good atmosphere. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope uh, I've been out a little bit in Winnipeg getting on some of those like WrestleMax shows, but I'd like to get get it back in a PCW ring for sure. Well, you've only been wrestling for a couple of years, correct? I mean, if you don't count like the pretty much inactive area of like this pandemic, like pretty much like three. three mm-hmm. And I was looking just at some of the matches you've had and like you have had an action packed like first couple of years, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been fortunate, right, to be as be where I am and people give me the opportunities I have and hopefully delivered on those. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, from seeing you in the ring, like you definitely brought it when I saw you, you know, like you're incredibly talented in the ring. So yeah, I appreciate that. When you're, you know, wrestling, who do you, or even when you first got started, who were you looking to like as an inspiration, you know, for your style, your work ethic, if that. That's, it's an interesting question because I think initially there was stuff I just knew I can do. I could probably do well with my body frame and athletic ability and stuff I couldn't do well. Mm-hmm. So there's guys you kind of look at with a similar, how I, like I, when I started, I was like, okay, a guy who I could be similar to is for example, like a Bobby Roode. If I, I, if I put all of my talents, I could be Bobby Roode. But then as you keep going back, there's more guys and different aspects of wrestling that you, that you want to pick up on. Right. So now I say most of the wrestling I watch is eighties territory wrestling, mm-hmm. Jim Crockett promotions, that kind of stuff. So guys that like scream out to me right now are like Magnum TA mm-hmm. or guys like Arn and Tully, right. Just for different, for different reasons, different things they do are things that I think I could translate well. Whereas a guy maybe like 
Ric Flair, not so much for some stuff, right? Shawn yeah. Michaels are a different kind of performer. It's almost more of the, uh, the hard nosed, you know, the guys who are more of a, a workhorse in the ring as opposed to the flashier main event style. Not that I, I, the thing is, I, I know what moves, what moves I like to do, what kind of stories I like to tell. And there's other guys who, who tell similar ones that, that I do. And there's other guys who have completely different styles who do can, can do completely different things that I know wouldn't work for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned watching more of the, uh, the eighties territory style and uh, what have you like, what were some of the last couple of things you've uh, been able to check out? Cause I know I'll go and, you know, download a few torrents just with different matches on there. And there's a, a flare Nikita Koloff one from great American bash, like 85, yeah. I think it was, it was, oh, I think, yeah. so I'm like getting ready to watch that one. But what have you been into? Uh, so right around that time period as well, that Crockett promotions time period. So I just got through 85 in Crockett promotions. So that's the start of like the big dusty and uh, Ric Flair stuff. Uh, just got done one of my favorite matches ever like the that time period of the i quit match in the cage with magnum ta and tully blanchard mm-hmm. um just last night i got through up to 86 in like the very first tag team tournament the crockett cup so i've been watching that that kind of stuff is what i've been watching more than anything did you ever uh check out any old awa stuff or uh yeah i've been a little bit through awa I think the late, later Bockwinkle stuff, like the rise of Kurt Henning, that that area of AWA, yeah. Yeah, that was the stuff that I was more familiar with, you know. But So you are going to be a part of the current CWE tour that is making its way out west. I think they are in Alberta right now. Yeah, I think they are, yeah. But I know you're going to be wrestling in your hometown, correct? Yep. So uh, when uh, that's July 24th? Yeah, 23rd is in Regina, and then the 24th is in my hometown, Weyburn, yeah. So what's that like for you? You're going to be wrestling in front of hometown fans. Uh, how does that feel for you? I've had a couple shows in Weyburn, and the reaction for me is always good. The first <laughs> one was, it was good. It's not the fans that was my problem, but you know what I mean? It's, just, it's the first time there, you don't know what it's going to be like. And then the second one, the crowd was bigger. The match I was in was bigger. And then with this whole pandemic thing, I think everybody's just ready to go out. I've been talking to some people I see at the gym or some people I see that I know. And a lot of people are just saying like, Hey man, I'm coming out to the show. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some anticipation, like a, like I'm excited to hear the reaction. I'm ex- excited to see the people hope they have a good time. And then just they just go out there, have fun and deliver. Right. Mm-hmm. Are those the only two shows that you are going to be a part of right now? As far as that goes, and then the next weekend on the 31st, I'm in talks with the promoter right now to go do a show in Manitoba for them. But Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about the pandemic, and I mean, I think it's really, I mean, everyone is just ready to get back to going to see live wrestling. You're ready to just get back out into the ring. Right. Do you feel like with the year off, you have a lot of making up for lost time? Um, in certain ways I do, but in certain ways, I think there's going to, there, there may be a bad trend. So I think for making up for lost time, I want to go out and I want to, I want to pick up where I left off. I want to have good matches. There's stuff that just all of the, the film study that I've done in the last year that I am looking to change, mm-hmm. but there, I don't want to, I, I know I won't, and I don't want to fall into the trend of when things come back, 
I, people might get stupid. Just do too much, too often, too big, too crazy, just to try to make up for lost time mm-hmm. when it's not actually in their best interest to do so, right? Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm trying, I'm definitely going to try to avoid that. But the lost time, I just want to just want to get as many bookings as I can, just get there, just get, get good at what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. So with that said, is there, you know, certain places that you want to make your way out to? Do you have any future plans for that, whether it's dipping down to the States or even Eastern Canada or what's on the agenda for you? Uh, so before the pandemic, I had some stuff on the agenda and all of that got scratched. So mm-hmm. now I guess I'm going to have to watch when the borders open closely. There's a couple of training schools I would like just to, to try to do in the States, just to branch out and see see where I am compared to some of the people in the States, try to make connections, that kind of thing. But as far as like locally goes, like I said, I'd love to get back out to PCW. Mm -hmm. I want to get back on track in Alberta. And if maybe make a crazy swing out to Ontario, if I have the time, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing stopping me, right? Exactly. I mean, you're young, you're incredibly motivated. So, I mean, you might as well take in as much as you can. Right. So with that said, what sort of uh, goals do you have for yourself? If any, you know, is there certain people you want to, you know, be able to face off with, or is it more just, you're going to take as much as you can to, you know, become the best wrestler you can, or. So, I mean, I guess in there's, there's very general goals. Like, you know what? I want to be the best version of me. I want to do like whatever, but I guess you know what I want to one day I want to be signed and want to have a match on TV that this kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. as far as like specific goals that I can attain I guess like very specifically I'm not I'm not terribly like I'm 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 goal driven but it's not terribly specific I'd say I want to wrestle anybody that can help me get seen that can help me get better Mm -hmm. basically I'd say the only I'm not much of of a title belt guy they're not that that big of a deal for me but I've said, and I'll put it out into the world always because it's one attainable goal that I have that I want to try to succeed in is to be the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. That's the one, the one specific like title belt I can say that I hold in high regard that I would like to wrestle for one day. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think uh, that's it's very admirable considering you know a lot of people with what they want, you know, it's whether it's, you know, the fame or, you know, being able to do tons of flippy shit and all that kind of stuff. And I love, you know, flippy wrestling, but to be the legacy that the NWA heavyweight championship has and the people who have held it before, I mean, I think that's an incredible, you know, thing to look towards. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't (laughs) gotta, gotta work my way up to get there, but if I can do business for that belt one day, like, um, come come find me nick all this right i'll come find you whatever right <laughs> you might as well call your shot you know so yeah, go definitely. for it so now what are some of the favorite matches you've been a part of so far in your career it's tough it's tough to answer that because i don't think the way my mind works i don't think i've had watching some of the best wrestlers in the world i don't think i've had the greatest matches yet i don't mm-hmm. think they've happened yet i don't think even my some of my best work is behind me at all. I don't think any of that. Mm -hmm. So there's like matches that maybe I like for specific reasons, not as much because I think the match was the shit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's matches like uh, I had in 
HIW internet title match at my very first spring meltdown, which is like it was HIW's big show, right? Their biggest show of the year. And I had a ladder match against a guy named Charles T. Champ. And he's a guy who I, I trained with when we were training at the same time. And we both kind of busted in at the same time. And we had this big, long feud over this title belt. And we had this ladder match and the crowd absolutely, like, they loved it. You know what I mean? It was, it was a grind. It was, and, but man, the reaction for it was unbelievable. So a match like that really stands out for me. Um, mm-hmm. There's another match I had. Uh, Mick Foley came to one of the, the uh, that's called the Pile of Bones Rumble shows we had in HIW. And that show was the biggest crowd that I ever wrestled in front of for HIW. Mm-hmm. And I had a Central Canadian heavyweight title match at that show. And just hearing the support that I had in that match, even though it was a four-way match and there was an, another baby face in there too. But just hearing the support I had and how behind me they were, how much they wanted me to win the championship that night, things like that stand out for me. No, definitely. And I mean, I mean, with the, uh, the history that comes with Mick Foley, be having him there, even, you know, like it does say something. And then, and then I guess also matches like I wrestled super crazy in the last HIW show, obviously him being a name, it being a singles match against a name like that. Um, wrestling in last show in Weyburn, I wrestled uh, Brian Johnson and, and Vinny Massalia from ROH. Right. And just mm-hmm. absolutely winning that match being, as big in that match as they were easily keeping up with them. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's stuff that maybe the guy is not the match itself, but it's the situation. You know what I mean? That's more than anything stands out for me. And I mean, in those sort of situations, the stuff that you're learning from, you know, guys like that who have taken the road, they've, you know, they've made a name for themselves, you know, so you're able to pick up more things, learning from them, wrestling them and just to help you out in your career. So um, I know that uh, just to switch things up a little bit that uh, this past year, we saw the first half of dark side of the ring season right. three. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on that so far? It, it was an interesting little, little first half. I think mo- most of the stories I'd kind of heard about, they weren't as new for me because I've dug into the history of wrestling quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the show is high quality. It's a great show. So, I mean, like these this first season was great. I enjoyed it. It just wasn't as, oh, I'd learned a lot in this season as some of the previous ones had been, right? Mm-hmm. Was in the previous seasons, what if, uh, what were the ones that did stand out to you as, you know, stuff you might not have known a lot about that you actually learned from? Um, so there's like, there's, there's, there's ones like the, what was it called? There's the Herb Abrams episode in the UWF or whatever. Yeah. Never even heard of that before. So I learned about that. <laughs> I remember in the first season at that point, I hadn't dug into the territories as much. So I, I didn't know who Gino Hernandez was, right? And all the stuff about his death. Um, I'd seen the clip of Dr. Doctor Death, David Schultz, but him smacking the hell out of John Stossel was quite a story. <laughs> Even stuff that I knew about, but just really open, opening up the, the can of worms about the Von Erich tragedy, the, mm-hmm. the killing of Bruiser Brody, you know what I mean? All this stuff, it's wrestlers and fans alike. You want to you want to hear the the details of this stuff from people who were there, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, the Bruiser Brody episode, like, because you always heard the name Bruiser Brody, but for me, I knew very little about him until I watched that, and yeah. it was it was a really good episode. Man, that, that's that's still to this day my favorite episode. Yeah, uh, was there any of in season three so far that did stand out to you? Mm, 
I'd say for reasons probably the Pillman one because he did the, the Pillman stuff at the end about after his dad died, Pillman Jr. in his room and that kind of stuff was kind of heartbreaking. And then mm-hmm. uh, the Ultimate Warrior one, I knew people really didn't like the Ultimate Warrior so much, but just to hear them actually talk about and explain why is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever get a chance to see the uh, the DVD that self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior? I've never that- watched it. I know it exists and stuff, but I've never actually watched it because mm-hmm. i think it was basically just like an hour and a half of everyone just shitting on the ultimate warrior and it's it's weird to see they came out with that and then you know him coming back to the fold you know for the hall of fame and everything and it's, if it's good business he'll come back i guess but yeah it's, it's a very opposite dichotomy right so is there anything in the second half of season three that you kind of have your eyes looking towards uh I heard a bunch of like in this like other podcasts talking to the producers and stuff like the Johnny Canine episode, whatever his name is, Bruiser Bedlam, I think it was. That's what the title of it is. But like yeah. this guy apparently they just talked to like these like southern like southern like redneck like trailer park people for the whole episode, and he like I think he threatened to blow up a police station or something. So that's pretty wild. Like, <laughs> uh interesting to see you've heard stories people saying like everybody knew that canyon was gay chris canyon Mm -hmm. but just to hear everybody talk about it and then the struggle he's been through is going to be really interesting too Mm -hmm. episodes like that kind of stand out in my mind Mm -hmm. i think uh those two definitely uh the johnny canine i had no idea about him until you know they announced him as an episode and you start hearing the stories and you're like holy fuck right yeah so um Besides wrestling, I know that you are a Habs fan. So this past playoff run, what was that like for you? It was interesting because I really had dropped off watching hockey for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I would say I watched the most hockey now with this North division, just because, I mean, that's all the Canadian teams. Like, I'll check that out here and there when I can, right? Mm -hmm. And Montreal was the last team in the Stanley Cup playoffs to clinch, clinch a berth. So I was... I sat there and originally I said probably Toronto and five, right? Like whenever I'll watch the games though, just cause I don't think they'll make it farther. And then it's going as I forecasted it to go. And then Montreal wakes up. They give Carey Price the support he needs on defense. They start, they do these fast breaks out of their end and just pick their spots and score these goals. And they start cooking. Mm-hmm. They beat Toronto. I'm like, wow, like, look at these guys go. They beat Winnipeg in four watched all four games and I'm like, wow, look, look at these guys, man, Vegas. This is a tough, this is a tough ask though. Game one, they looked shaky. And then after that, they just took control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a team young. They have young studs and a mix of experienced veterans to help them along and a hot goalie. And they, man, they just rode that. And it was, it was quite a run. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, do you think that they'll be able to maintain that same sort of thing going into next year? Or do you think this was more of a Cinderella run? It's tough to say because their team's built so well for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Take care of your own end first, fast breaks, that kind of thing. And it's hard to sustain that, I think, 82 games next season. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to hope so. Definitely, I, I want to hope so. <laughs> I want to see them in another Stanley Cup final. That's the first time I've seen that. But mm-hmm. it, it's hard It's hard to say. You know what I mean? But you know what your team's capable of now if you can keep that core group of players where even – as long as you make the playoffs, you know that your team is built for the playoffs and 
you have a little bit of that magic probably in you still, right? No, for sure. If uh, coming into free agency and that, is there anyone that you'd like to see them add or you just want to? Um, it's, it's so tough because that team is a team that has no stars. You know what I mean? Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, like Nick Suzuki and Cole Coffey look like they'll break out into stars, but for now there is no stars. So almost that's almost become the, the identity of this team is to be such a tight four line depth team. So there's not really any specific star that I'd like to see unless it's really going to help us in that field. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to have someone that can help you score more, but not at the expense of the identity that this team became in the playoffs. You know what I mean? No, definitely. And I mean, I know I mentioned earlier, I'm a Leafs fan. So uh, just the fact that the Habs tr- absolutely trucked them those last three games, you know, yeah. it's, it says something about the the makeup of that team. So. Yeah. I'm just, I'm salty that Tampa Bay's like, I mean, if, if you can cheat the system and then win two Stanley Cups, do it. But like $18 million over the cap, mm-hmm. like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gray area, right? Oh, definitely. So outside of wrestling, is there anything else that you uh, use to, you know, for hobbies or anything like that that takes up your time? Uh, so like obviously working out, but that's also a wrestling thing. But I'd say um, football and then like, I guess like, it's, it's not so much like nerd stuff anymore, but like comic books, superheroes, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, that kind of stuff. That's kind of my uh, realm too. Yeah. Have yeah. you uh, been able to watch the uh, new Loki show or not yet? I haven't watched Loki, but I think I'm caught up for everything else besides Loki. Yeah. Um, I know I still have a few episodes to go on that, but then also Black Widow just came out. So it's trying to find time for that too. So right. yeah. But it's just there's a lot of content now, right? Trying to squeeze in with everything, and then everything's trying to get back opened up, right? So mm-hmm. you have to try to find the balance of that stuff. Trying to be social and see friends and family again, and then yeah. you know we just finished hermiting for a year, so right. definitely. Now you've got your matches with CWE coming up, so people can check you out there. Right? Where where can they find you online? Uh, so. If you look up Davey O'Doyle on Facebook, I'm there, but you're not going to get a lot there. It's just going to be me sharing the shows. <laughs> I'll always, I'll always put it, put it out there, but like, go ahead. But it's not anything you'll get any personality from really, but on uh, Twitter and Instagram, both at Davey O'Doyle, it's that easy. It's the one and only. <laughs> Perfect. So definitely if you can check Davey O'Doyle out at the CWE shows in uh, Weyburn and Regina. Yep. And uh, Davey, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Thank, thank you. Hopefully I uh, get get back down to Winnipeg, whether it's WrestleMax, PCW, CWE, and uh, see you at some of these shows here. You definitely will. And you know what? We'll, uh, we'll share a beer when you're in town. All right, man. Cheers to that. Thanks. Thank you so much to Davey O'Doyle for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I truly appreciate the fact that he came on to uh, talk wrestling and uh, share his story so far with everyone listening. So I I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to him. Um, thank you for checking checking out the podcast. You know, I, I truly appreciate it. I don't think I can stress that enough. Uh, this is just something I like to do for fun. And the fact that, you know, if people actually listen and care about what I have to say and present to everyone it uh, it means a lot to me so thank you if you are listening for the first time check out the uh, podcast up on twitter at graymaker pod I'm most active on that I love talking wrestling so definitely hit me up on there 
email uh, grademakerpodcast at gmail.com. You can send any questions, comments, all that kind of stuff there. If there's someone you want to hear me talk to, send an email, let me know, uh, and I'll uh, try to make that happen. And uh, yeah, up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. If you can, please rate, review. I truly appreciate it. And uh, just uh, share the word about uh, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's all I can all I can ask for. And But uh, thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Like I said, I appreciate it. Hope everything's going good for everyone and that you're enjoying all the, the wrestling that's out there right now that's kind of getting back into the swing of things so i think everyone is super stoked for it and it's just uh it's a really good time for for wrestling so thank you so much and i'll talk to you soon